With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Gift of Choice. Hosted by entrepreneurial coach and holistic nurse practitioner, Bonnie Gressel. Bonnie and her guests offer information and motivation each week to help you live your dream and attain the health, happiness, and abundance you deserve. Now, here's the host of The Gift of Choice, Bonnie Gressel. Now, the past few months, actually, I've been doing a very short little, just a simple, simple breathing meditation, you know, before we kind of start the show. And so I want to do that today. And, and I do that for a couple of reasons. Number, I mean, one reason is I probably need to needed to slow myself down a little bit because I get excited when I get in the radio and I get talking a little fast. But the other reason I do this every week, every Monday, is so that you have at least one opportunity every week, one reminder, one feels like you have permission, right, to do this because we don't do this enough. No, I mean, nobody does, men or women, it doesn't matter. But I think women are especially, you know, not so good at this because we're always so busy. So I want us to all just take a moment. It doesn't take very long. You can easily fit this into your day on a regular basis. And it, unless you're, you know, driving a car or working, operating heavy machinery, something dangerous, if you're in a place where you can kind of, you know, relax for a little bit, I want to invite you to join me to just take a moment and pause, as Betty would say, right? To just take a moment and be. Taking a nice deep breath in through your nose if you can. And then letting that air all out slowly. Just letting it all go till there's nothing else left. As you breathe in. And as you exhale slowly and long. That longer exhale allows us to get into that more relaxed space where the parasympathetic nervous system becomes activated and it's relaxing, it's calming. As you breathe in and as you breathe out, just let all the things that you don't need right now fall away. There's nothing else you need to do There's nothing else you need to do right now except breathe. To just be. To just sit with yourself for just a moment. Breathing in and letting it all out. Breathing in and letting everything go. And as you do this, you may feel a little bit more relaxed. You know your shoulders might come down a little bit. You might start talking slower, like I typically do when I do this. 
And before we end this very brief little breathing exercise, little meditation, I want you to take another nice deep breath in through the nose. And then let it all out. That bigger breath at the beginning and at the end gives your body a message. It kind of tells your body in the beginning that, okay, it's time to go inside. And at the end, it's sort of a, okay, now it's time to come back. Come back to the here and now. I want you to keep breathing, certainly. Don't stop doing that. But it's time for us to sort of just absorb what we're going to talk about in the show today. Because really, there's nothing else you have to do right now. If you think about it, unless the world is coming to an end in some way for you, there isn't anything else that's an emergency. There are really very few things that are truly our emergencies. We just kind of think they are. You know, it's our anticipation that's, that's the hard part. So I want you to just relax. Be comfortable if you can, if you're sitting or standing, or maybe you're multitasking like many many of us do, and you're you know, doing some sort of non you know, something that you don't really have to think too hard about like washing the dishes or something like that as you're listening to the show, that's fine too. But I want you to just kind of come with me and talk about this whole, to me, you know, Labor Day, summer ending, kids going back to school, all that stuff. It's a time where we can start again. I mean, there are many times in our lives and in every year, sometimes in every day, that we can start again. But for me, and maybe it's because I live in Wisconsin, I don't know, because I live in the Midwest, and summer, you know, when Labor Day comes, it's like summer's over. There's no more picnics, no more warm days. Pretty soon it's going to be fall, and kids are going back to school, and we kind of get more back into our regular routine that we're in most of the year. You know, when you live in in an area where summers are short, like Wisconsin, you cram everything you can into that summertime, and then, you know, you just sort of push everything else aside. You know, everything else can wait, because this is summer. Summer's so short, you have to enjoy it. But when it's over, when Labor Day comes, then it's kind of, okay, now it's time to get back into the groove. And now fall will be here soon, and and I think I think about starting a new chapter when seasons change. I don't know, that might just be me. But that's kind of what they feel like to me. You know, the new year on January 1st, where everybody, you know, year kind of starts over in their mind and they do resolutions and all that stuff. For me, living in Wisconsin, it's in the middle of winter and every day is the same. You know, the seasons aren't changing then. And so I actually get more inspired and more, um, you know, forward thinking in the spring and in the fall. Because to me, it has to do with my surroundings and the seasons, the weather, the everything sort of changing. So as we go through the show today, I'm going to kind of sprinkle in a number of questions for you to ponder, to think about, to reflect on. And I'll share some tips and some things, you know, that people struggle with in terms of, you know, going to the next chapter, making changes in their life. And we're going to talk about, you know, really living, really living the life like you want to, 
you know, being your authentic self, living your dream, all that stuff. Because so often we don't. Because we kind of put ourselves last, right, at the bottom of that list of priorities. And so we don't we don't live our dream. We help other people maybe live theirs or we do other things or we're busy doing other stuff. But we don't often take time to think about this. So I like to take the opportunity, especially when seasons change, like every spring and every fall, to talk about this. And to talk about this with all of you. And maybe I like to talk about it just because I like to hear it. I like to talk about it. But I'm hoping that it resonates with some of you. So now, how about you? You know, how do you feel at this time of year? Now that might be a question to sort of reflect on a little bit. Is there any do you feel anything different? You know, for those of you who have gardens or who live on farms, it's coming up to a time of harvest. You know, preparing for the winter. I've already canned you know, 15 jars of red sauce and done my pesto and I've got another batch of red sauce to make. So I'm kind of preparing for the winter. I must have been a gatherer in, you know, if I, if I lived in caveman times, I would not be a hunter. I would be a gatherer, definitely. But people who have gardens, you know, a lot of times it's that's when you harvest everything in, and you kind of sort of prepare yourself for the future, for what's to come. So it's also a time for me, at least, to reflect on harvesting all the things that I've thought about, that I've done, that I've created in the past, and bringing me forward to the next season, right? The next chapter in my life. So to me, it's a time of new beginnings. And you know, how many of us really live our dreams? And maybe that's another question for you to ponder. You know, do you, are you living your dream? You know, many say that someday I'll do this. But you know what? Someday, sometimes never comes. In fact, oftentimes, someday never comes. And how many people really know what their dream is? You know, this is another thing that we don't really take time to think about. We just kind of go through every day and Every day is the same. We don't really take stock in what our real meaning is in life. Or, you know, without getting too deep here, it's, you know, it's what we're here for. Call it your purpose. Call it, you know, here to just be happy to experience all there is to experience in life. A lot of us don't really think about that. So we, we don't take time to think about it. So, Many people, and I know I've asked this question of many people over the years, and people really have a hard time answering it. Excuse me. Just a sip of water. You know, many, many times people don't know what to say. They can't, they can't really answer that. And maybe they're a person who, you know, goes from day to day kind of like a robot or a hamster on a wheel or, you know, that proverbial hamster wheel of life. And I don't know, maybe that's you. Have you thought about this? Or, you know, have you thought about, you know, what you what you would really love to do? What what really feeds your soul? Who you're who you really are, who your authentic self is. And whatever wherever you are, whatever you do in your life, I my hope for you is that you're happy. Because to me, if you're happy, 
then you're living your dream. It doesn't really matter how it looks, you know, in terms of what you do for a job or a whatever. It's if, if you're happy, if you truly feel happy, then you're there. So, you know, check in with yourself. Are you happy? Do you wake up, like, excited for the new day? Like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to do this. Now, maybe if you have, you know, children at home, you are excited because school is back in session and the kids are going to be in school most of the day and you kind of get a break again. So this time of year is often, um, for you know parents, a, a happy time because they don't have to entertain their kids and, and do all the things that they you know did during the summer. And even though it was fun stuff, it's tiring. And so they're kind of getting back into a routine. So you know, maybe today you are happy because of that, you know, maybe because you have kids at home and they're still in school, and so now they're going to head back to school. And maybe you miss that routine. I know I miss that routine from time to time. I mean, summer's great. Don't get me wrong. I love summer. But it is kind of nice when fall comes and you kind of get into the groove again. So that routine that you're going back to, if that's you, what is that like? Is it is it what you really want? Or is it time for you to take time for you? to really do what you want, what feeds your soul, what you're meant to do, what you're happy doing. And, you know, many people say they have to wait until their kids are grown, and I totally get that. I did that. I waited until my kids were out of the house, and then it was time for me. And, you know, some people, on the other hand, will always have a reason. When this happens or that happens or when, you know, whatever, then it will be time for me. But that never happens because there's always something else to take its place. You know, I saw a quote the other day, and I love this. It says, someday is not a day of the week. That is so true. You know, you can't depend on someday coming because it's not a day of the week. So I think that's a that's a very um, profound quote. So ask yourself, are you doing what you love? Are you being true to yourself? Are you being your authentic self? Are you getting all that you can get out of this life? Are you squeezing every little morsel of happiness out of it? Or are you busy doing what you feel you have to do or should do or other people want you to do or whoever does your paycheck, that's what, that's why you have to do it? Or are you really true to yourself? You know, where are you on that list of priorities? You know, we've talked about the, the priority list before. So for those of you who haven't heard that, let me just kind of remind you of what that is. I often ask my clients to make a list of their top five or top ten priority in life, you know, the kids, their family, God, you know, whatever it is. Make it a list. And then I ask them, second question, second part of this is, where are you on the list? And it's, I don't think I've ever had anyone put themselves at the top of the list. Most people, I ask, aren't even on the list of five or ten things that I've asked them to list. And really, the truth of the matter is, we should be at or near the top. Because if we're not putting ourselves first, 
in terms of self-care, in terms of you know loving ourselves, how good can we be to everyone else who might depend on us for some of those things? So it's really important to be at or at, at almost at the top of your list. One or two. I wouldn't go further than that. So there's some cunning excuses that people have for staying where they are if they're not happy. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is you. I know I know people like this. You probably do, too. So some people think, well, I've already started on one path. I can't change direction now. You know, I went to school for this. I have this degree. This is the only thing I can be. You know, people who are in careers like, um, who, are, who are maybe sort of pigeonholed, I guess, uh, dental hygienist comes to mind, but I'm sure that there are a bunch of them like this. It's kind of, you're kind of narrowed down to only one thing you can do. And people who are in jobs like that, not just the dental hygienist, but, but jobs that are sort of pigeonholed a little bit, have a really hard time in saying, well, how could I do something else? This is all I've been trained to do. Yet you can always start again if you want. You know, people forget that they have choices about doing that. They don't think that they can change direction. And then another excuse is people say they don't, you know, have time or the money. And they don't have time to invest in learning something else. They don't have time to do all the work it would take to do something else. They don't, um, they're worried about losing income maybe because how can I not do what I do now? I mean, I get a paycheck every other week and I, you know, count on that. And, And that's, you know, certainly... I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, you know, because it's, if you're happy in what you do, it's wonderful. If you get a paycheck every other week and you love it, you love what you do and you're happy, yay, you're already there. You're living your dream. You don't have to make any changes. But if you are miserable and you really are not happy where you're at, and every Sunday night before Monday, if you work a Monday through Friday job, it's like you get that same old sick feeling. It's like, oh, it's Sunday night. Then, you know, then you're not living your dream. You know, if you're happy, truly happy, not just smiling kind of one of those fake smiles and <laughs> saying, oh, yeah, I'm happy, but truly happy, then you are living your dream. And kudos to you. That's awesome. Some people also um, kind of use this as an excuse. Well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I don't think I could do that, or I'm not worthy. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be, you know, front and center stage or whatever. You know, I just, they just poo-poo themselves. I'm not whatever enough. You know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not whatever enough. I'm not enough. That is what holds a lot of women back, especially, and men too, I'm sure. But I think primarily um, it's more of a, a gender thing. You know, it's more of a female thing. I'm not blank enough. Another reason is they feel they're not ready yet. You know, as uncomfortable and as miserable as we can be in our present situation, it's what we know. It's normal. So we kind of get comfortable in our uncomfortableness. It's what we know. It's it's uh, safe because we know what it is. Even though it's not pleasant and we're miserable, we still know what it is. 
And so that provides a level of comfort. That's that being comfortable in your uncomfortableness thing. Now, do you know people like this? I know I know people like this. Now, I'm not saying, and I never suggest that people should just quit what they're currently doing and start something new. But I do encourage you to take some time to just reflect on this. So notice, if you're really happy, ask yourself, am I really happy? Am I squeezing every little bit of juice and and wonderfulness out of this life? Or not? And ask yourself, am I really living my dream? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you do, really. But do you feel like you live your dream? Or do you have this sort of nagging, you know, kind of thing in the back of your mind that, that just knows there's something else? There's something bigger, better, different. You know? So ask yourself, you know, are you really happy? And are you really living your dream? And maybe you are. And that's great. Just like I said, it doesn't matter. I mean, be it. You know, a school teacher, stay-at-home mom, a dental hygienist, a, you know, whatever, whatever you do, work in a factory, you know, car salesman. If you love that, then you're living your dream, in my mind. That's kind of how I define it. But life is too short to not be happy. So what do you think keeps people from living their dream? You know, there's lots of things, obviously. And I, personally, I think the number one thing it sort of underlies a lot of other things. I think it's fear. You know, fear is huge. There's the whole fear of the unknown. Well, what if? You know, I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like if I make a change. Or maybe it's fear of, you know, the whole the money issue, losing income or financial stability. You know, what if? What am I going to do if this doesn't work and I've left a job or whatever? And some people you know, keep their job and they start something like on a part-time basis, sort of, um, you know, moonlighting a little bit. My husband did this. You know, he's worked for, you know, various hospitals and other companies, insurance, all that sort of stuff. Well, he did his freelance rate. And then one day he said, you know, I think I got enough extra work here that I can just quit my job, quit my J-O-B, and just do freelance writing. And that was 12 years ago, maybe. And it ended up to be best thing that could have ever happened for him. But, you know, he sort of built up, you know, and kept his other job, built up until he was at a place where, you know, he thought it could work. So that's perfectly fine and probably very smart for many people. Some people fear um, failure, right? Because nobody likes to fail. But, you know, it kind of depends, I think, it kind of depends on how you look at the definition of failure. Because really, I think, and this is just a Bonnieism again, I think failure is necessary because that's where we learn our greatest lessons from. So failure is needed to have success. It almost leads you to success. So there's also the failure of, you know, fear of failure in terms of not being adequate. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Or maybe being unprepared or, or you know, just not thinking that they have, not not having that confidence they can do it. There's also fear of failure in terms of what other people will think. Well, what if this doesn't work out the way I think it's going to work out? You know, what will other, what will people think of me? 
or it's maybe not knowing how to make it happen. That that's a fear too. You know, there's there's so much. I mean, when you're especially if you're looking at a whole job slash career type of thing, if you want to make a change. It, that's a big thing. That's a big step. And there's lots of little moving parts to it. There's lots of little pieces. And so some people are really like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this because I can't I can't make it happen. I don't know if I can do this. And if it does turn out, that's another fear. If it does turn out and you become successful at whatever, how will it affect others? How will it affect your relationship with others? You know, will people judge me if I fail? How will a change that I make affect my relationship with my kids, my partner? What if, you know, health issues come up or medical issues come up? There are all kinds of fear-based thoughts that people have. And that's, I think, why I think it's probably the biggest and number one reason that keeps people from their dreams. is because you can relate almost any thing to, to the fear piece. And some people also fear, you know, what if I don't like it? What if I get all the way there and find out that, nah, I don't really like this. Yeah, I, I'm working with, with, with a client who thought that and I don't think that that's going to be an issue, but, you know, that's a thought that crosses people's mind. What if I, you know, invest this time to learn this new whatever and, you know, really put myself out there and then I find that I'm you know, maybe successful, but I don't feel like I'm happy. Well, then you're not living your dream if you're not happy, and that's by my definition. So then that could be a fear too. And you know, some people think that you know I'm not going to change the world. I can't do something so big that's going to make a difference. Is it really worth it? You know, I'm just one little person in this whole big universe. Not very, you know, and I'm I'm not an important cog in the wheel, you know, that's that unimportant piece. And that goes back to the worthiness. And a lot of people, a lot of women especially, struggle with the whole worthiness piece. You know, there's the, and you should probably have heard of the butterfly effect before. You know, if a butterfly flaps its wings in one part of the world, a hurricane or a tornado or something like that can occur in the other part of the world because that one butterfly millions of miles away flapped its wings. And the the butterfly effect is really a metaphor for how a single occurrence, no matter how small it is, no matter how insignificant, can change the course of the universe forever. And it was actually a meteorologist, um, Lorenz, who came up with the butterfly effect by doing his meteorology stuff on the whole butterfly wings in a tornado, actually, in Texas. This was back in 1972. But I think the metaphor here is so profound. A single occurrence, no matter how small or how insignificant it is or it may seem, can have changed the course of the universe forever. You know, think about that. So there is nothing that's unimportant no one that's unimportant or insignificant. We are all important and significant. It doesn't have to be a huge change. It doesn't have to be, you know, a Gandhi kind of thing. You know, it's it, one little thing. 
You know, I'm, I'm reminded all the time in my own life, I'm sure you are too, you know, how people that you don't realize you've touched their lives in some way, and then, you know, later on in your life, you, you know, they say something to you or you come across them or whatever, and they say, oh, yeah, you were the, you were the one that, that helped me to think this way. You were the best mom that there was, whatever it is. And you don't realize it. I mean, none of us do. We don't think of the effect that we have on other people. And we all have an effect on other people. We all have gifts to share. So, people who did make a change. How about people who who did make a change? What did they have in common? You know, how did they reinvent themselves? Well, for one thing, they didn't make excuses. You know, the whole Yabba thing. They just did it. Kind of like the Nike commercial, just do it. They didn't listen to that inner critic. And we all have an inner critic, right? Or if they did listen to the inner critic... They felt the fear and did it anyway. You know, Suzanne Jeffers has a wonderful book on feel the fear and do it anyway. And there's lots of good stuff in there. So whether you listen to the outside voices, you know, people that you know, or that inside voice, the inner critic that we all have, but you do it anyway, oftentimes that means you're feeling the fear and you're doing it anyway. And those are people who succeed. The other thing that people had in common, you know, people who made it a change and reinvented themselves. But they saw it wasn't just about them. They saw that butterfly effect. They recognized that as being part of their journey here. You know, people that they knew and people that they didn't know. So people that they knew, like in their so their circle, their family. So maybe it was, you know, providing for their family, serving other people, a greater need, something bigger than themselves, they realized that it wasn't just about them. And I know people who kind of are the center of the universe, and maybe you do too, but these people really didn't feel that it was all about them. They really felt like there was a, a bigger purpose that they had to, you know, and I think about this all the time with our accident five years ago. You know, in fact, my husband and I both said, there must be a reason that we're still here. There's something really important that we need to do. So, you know, and I just, I had a friend who just had a terrible accident, but thankfully she's okay. She just had some broken bones, but oh my God, it could have easily ended her life. And same type of thing. Boy, you know, I bet you she's here for a reason. You know, there's something big that she has to do yet. And, And being big, if I say big, it might just be like the butterfly flapping its wings. And across the across the world in Texas, they have a tornado. So it doesn't have to really be big. Now, you don't have to have an accident, certainly, to feel that way. We can all feel that way, all the time. We are here for a reason. There's a reason you're here. You know, I say all the time, there are no accidents. So there's a reason you were born into the time period you were born into, into the family you came into. I mean, all that stuff. All that stuff, there is a reason. And to just, you know, not do anything with it. The other thing that these people, people who made changes, who reinvented themselves and were successful, the other thing they had in common was they had a bigger why. And it, it kind of goes along with the fact that it was bigger than just them. 
their why, whatever it was, you know, making enough money to um, you know, support their family or helping their elderly parents or, or whatever, whatever it was, that why is what kept them going through the difficult times because it does take hard work and effort and study and time. You can't just wish for it and have it happen. I mean, I know sometimes when people originally saw the Law of Attraction um, movie, the documentary, they thought, oh, I can just wish this and have it happen. It doesn't quite work like that. There is the effort piece that they don't really talk a whole lot about. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. If you want to make a change, if you want to reinvent yourself in some way, transform yourself in some way, it does take effort. The thing is, with people who you know, are successful and look up to them and say, oh, I could never do that because they're successful. And, you know, they, it just didn't happen for them overnight either. It took a long time. They don't. We just don't hear about the, the difficult times. You know, because I, I saw a quote one day that said, we only, we only see the highlight reel, highlights of their journey. We don't see all the other stuff. So it does take some work. And, you know, it's energy and emotional, physical energy. It's, there's ways to feed your mind. Healthy thoughts. You know, that's important. I think it's important with anything that you want to do. And, and people, certainly, who have reinvented themselves, who have made a change, that attitude piece, the mental exercises they did in terms of Maybe they did affirmations or they thought about things in a positive way. They imagined what is, even though it wasn't even there yet, physically. You know, that was huge for people um, who are successful. I think that attitude piece has got to be a part of it. And then, you know, the values, the, you know, it underlines everything you do, your, your core values. It's your authentic self. That's who you are. And if you stray from that, if you're not really in your authentic self space. You can feel it. And maybe 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 you feel this way in a current career or job that you're in. That, you know, it's a job and it pays bills and all that sort of thing, but it isn't really who you are. And then the other thing that these people had as they reinvented themselves was the head belief. They had faith and belief. Now, it might waver from time to time, but it was always there. Belief in whatever, you know, God, the universe, whatever, that they was their, part of their belief system. But the biggest thing is they believed in themselves. Because nobody's going to do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe you're worthy, and you can do it. And, you know, if people are sort of poo-pooing it or being naysayers. You just got to prove them wrong. Another thing was perseverance. You know, they didn't quit. And if you think about it, really, the only people who don't succeed at things are the people who quit. Because the people who didn't quit, who kept going, even if it was a struggle at times or whatever, they are successful. It's really only the people who stopped, who quit doing it. And then, you know, studying and learning was something else that these people have in common. Learn about everything you can. 
You know, when I embarked on this career path of coaching and helping others reinvent themselves and sharing their message and their gifts with the world, I studied and read everything I could get my hands on. I took classes. I sought help from mentors and coaches. Oh, my gosh. Probably, you know, and all of those things were good. I mean, I learned different things from different people and different coaches I worked with and mentors and, and classes I took. But putting it all together, um, you know, and that's what people do. That's what people do in their life. They learn from a bunch of different avenues, generally, and then put it together. So one of the things that I like to say to people when they ask me what I do um, is is that um, you know, I, I share with them that I help women you know, turn their passion into a profitable business they love. And they ask, well, how do you do that? And I say, well, after all these classes and coaches and mentors and learning and books and all this stuff, what I've done is I've created sort of the best of by Bonnie <laughs> because I've taken pieces from all these different places and sort of condensed it so that people don't have to go through the whole litany of things that I went through. And that's what all of us do. In life, if you think about it, really, we're always teaching people. I mean, I don't know of very many people at all who who don't teach. They don't know they're teaching, but they're sharing information. They're sharing their expertise. They're sharing something that they know something about. And how did they get there? They got there from probably learning all these different places and putting it together and, and kind of making making it their own, so that they can share it with other people. We all do this. So that's another question to ponder. Notice and ask yourself how you do this. Because this, again, is something that we don't think about. Yet we all do this. We do this in little ways. I mean, when we're raising our kids, if you have children, how do you, I mean, you do it all the time to kids because you're teaching them, you're mentoring them, you're being a role model. How do you think you know how to do all that from all the stuff you have learned? And then you shape it in a way that it's, that it's yours. It becomes you. It becomes mom or dad or whatever. And that's how you teach. We all do this. So don't think you don't do this. But you probably you might not realize what you're doing. The other thing, and I think this is key too, the other thing that people who were successful at reinventing themselves did was they took risks. You know, they got out of their comfortable zone and they took a risk. You know, that that no risk, no reward kind of cliche is really true. Because life demands risk if you're going to kind of get what you want. It's not just handed to us, you know, on a silver platter. I mean, I I I don't know anyone that it has been. And even people who have, say they're born into a, a wealthy family or whatever, they have other issues. So, so it, they still have to take risks. And that belief piece is so, so important. You have to believe that anything is possible. You can have, be, or do anything. Anything. We all can. We're only limited by our imagination, really. So we set the limits. But the cool part about that is it's our choice, how we set the limits and where we put them. So we can change. We can change. We can choose something else. And it's really the feeling we're after here. Not exactly how things look like, you know, 
all structured and all laid out because sometimes things come in packages that we don't expect. But the feeling, the feeling about being at that place, that place of, you know, the end, the that place of success, sort of the end of the race where you cross that finish line, that feeling is what you're after. Not so much exactly how you're going to get there, but how it feels when you are there. Because we get what we expect, right? And, you know, we've talked about the miracle question on shows before. And I think this is a good exercise to go through again as well because it's a good question to ponder. So if you haven't done the miracle question exercise before, let me just sort of review what that is. So I want you to imagine that when you go to bed tonight, that while you were asleep, a miracle occurred. And when you woke up tomorrow morning, poof, everything was different. Life was different. It was the way you wanted it to be, your dream life, your miracle life. So the question I want you to ask is, what does that look like? And how do you feel when you're there? That's a really good question to ponder. So now, ask yourself a few other questions about that. You know, how bad do you want that? How bad do you want that miracle life, that dream life? And are you willing to to risk, to take risks, to face the fear? And fear encompasses lots of things like we've talked about. To expend the energy it takes. Are you willing to do those things? Because if you are, you will get there. Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. If you want it bad enough and you're following your passion, it, number one, it doesn't seem like work. I, I hear from people all the time, I would do this if I didn't get paid. But, you know, I need the money. But I would just, I do this because I love it. I do this because it makes me feel good. That's what your dream should be. So I ask you to think about what's your dream. You know, is it related to health, happiness, relationships, a different job, want to be your own boss, the whole entrepreneur thing? Stop doing what other people expect just because they expect it. You don't have to be somebody you're not. You have to be you to be happy. So do what you love and the money will follow. I've heard that saying many times before, and you probably have too. And to me, you know, if you're if you're following your passion, I truly believe that that you can create your dream. And you have to maybe do it in a certain way for that passion to turn into a profitable business if the money thing is important to you for that. You have to support yourself or whatever. But it's an energy thing. I know many people who you know, they collect a paycheck and they don't really like what they do. And, you know, when you think about all of the hours in our lives, all the, you know, you put the, I don't know what number that adds up to be, exponential number, all those hours, how many of those hours are you truly happy? I mean, really happy. So if you did, you know, a, a, if you had a career that was your passion, that you really love to do, I would tend to think you would be happier more of the time than not. So, I mean, just think about those things. You know, if you follow your passion and you're being true to yourself, 
your authentic self. It doesn't feel like work. So some people, some people I know say, you know, even though they are busy all the time and they do work, they say, no, I don't, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. So what if somebody walked up to you today and asked you, are you living the life you want? What would be your response? Think about that. Are you living, just even the yes or no, are you living the life you want? And if you say yes, and ask you about it and say, oh, tell me about that life. And if you say no, think about what it would take for you to be living the life you want. Because what do you do when you don't know what you want to do? Right? You have to, and so many people don't think about this. If you don't know what your dream is, and it's a common problem, you know, you people wander throughout life kind of not really discovering their passion. They might even go from job to job feeling unfulfilled and miserable. You've got this sense, this feeling of something more. Part of you might feel empty. Maybe this is you. If it is, I would really encourage you to think about some of the questions that, that I asked on today's show to sort of you know, reflect on those. And... Um, and see, and see where you go with it. You know, so if you really don't know what you want, just have no clue, I don't know what I want to do, think about your hobbies, your talents, your interests. When are you the happiest? You know, what kind of work would you enjoy that feeds your soul, that makes your heart sing? And like I said, if you're already there, that's great. If you're happy, fine, doesn't matter what you do. But we all have gifts to share, and no one can do what you do exactly like you do it. You are unique. We all are unique. Many people aren't living their dreams. You know, as I mentioned, because of fear or, the, you know, all kinds of things that we talked about earlier. But maybe pretend you can't fail. You know, it's not even on the radar. It's not even an option. There's no option. There's no alternative. It's not even on the radar screen. The word failure does not even exist. What would happen then? How would that influence how you thought about things? I'll share with you a little sort of um, mind game that you can play that's, that's really kind of cool. So when you think of work, you know, and you're, you're talking to somebody about work, replace the word work with play. Okay? So I'm going to play on Monday or on Tuesday actually right instead of going to work you're going to play and then take you know sort of the stress and strain that comes from maybe thinking about going to a job or, or whatever replace that with the word magic play and magic the two words I want you to think about using so then you say okay tomorrow I'm going to play and make some magic sounds way better than tomorrow I have to go back to work and it's going to be a really crappy day and they'll be busy and whatever. Right? So if you can play and play with the magic instead of the whole stress situation, it just sounds better. 
magic has this creative and miraculous force that we all have the ability to harness and control. And your subconscious mind and your energy, actually, thinks in terms of being literal. So when it hears play and magic instead of work and stress, it has a whole different meaning. And then you can, you know, write about this if you want to. I journal the future every day. I have done this for a few years now. Um, but, you know, tell somebody. Write it down. Something. Declare it. And then, you know, know that it's possible. Know that it's possible. You've been listening to The Gift of Choice, hosted by Bonnie Gressel. The Gift of Choice has been brought to you by MMB Global Solutions, your source for individualized coaching for entrepreneurs and authors, along with book editing and publishing services. For more information, go to mmbglobalsolutions.com. Are you one of the millions of people who struggle to relax, sleep well, or even lose weight? Have you ever wondered why it's so hard? If you think your brain might have something to do with it, you're right. Now you can learn how to access the powerful energy of the mind-body connection with the ultimate health and wellness gift set, a four-CD collection of guided meditations from holistic nurse practitioner Bonnie Gressel. You can use them all for yourself or split the individually wrapped CDs into gifts for friends and family. The Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set includes all of Bonnie's popular CDs, including Restful Sleep, Relax, Meditation for Busy People, and Weight Loss. To get your copy of the Ultimate Health and Wellness Gift Set, go to BonnieGressel.com and click the Products tab. That's B-O-N-N-I-E-G-R-O-E-S-S-L dot com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.